financially, you've got a belief system and all of a sudden you're going to buy a $500,000 piece of property or a $10 million piece of property. Guess what? You got to bust through some belief systems and that takes growth. So there's, aside from the financial growth, there is that personal professional growth that goes with it that we're also inspired by because we see huge differences in people. Huge. It's uh, stories that almost bring me to tears even telling them. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six- to seven-figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six- to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a repeat guest, and he is a dear friend. He is one of the world's leading thought leaders in the field of real estate investment, but he is also an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He is a serial entrepreneur who's owned and continues to own multiple businesses, and he has a real expertise in helping people create wealth and navigate tough times. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Patrick Francie. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Uh, Nikki, wow, I'm just like, I'm, I'm almost stunned by that intro. So thanks very much. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. Good so listen, here. thank you. This is the second time we've had you on the show. And um, you and I, we know each other pretty well. And I, I know how brilliant you are and how much value you have to give. But my listener, who is an entrepreneur, they may not all have heard you the first time. We've got a whole bunch of new listeners. And the reason they listen to the show is they want to learn from you. They want to be inspired by you. They want to get some good tips, some strategies that they can take into their business. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Patrick Fancy? Well, you know something, Nikki, is uh, my journey has been, you know, I'm that's 60 plus years old. My journey of being self-employed is 37 years long. So there's a lot of story in there. But, you know, ultimately, I was inspired to be an entrepreneur, a business owner. I had an entrepreneurial accident, what I call my entrepreneurial accident, of you know many years ago, 37 years ago, and I had a couple of retail stores in Edmonton, Alberta, which I still own to this day. And uh, that evolved into me looking and saying, well, how do I create that future wealth that is sustainable? And knowing that, you know, the chances of selling a small business, you know, you may get lucky, you may not. I just knew that I wanted to be able to take some of the profits that I was making and invest them to create a long-term kind of wealth plan, if you will. And real estate showed up for me. And I came across the Real Estate Investment Network uh, back in about 2000. And that's when I started investing in real estate. Now, I became a member of the RAIN community, the Real Estate Investment Network community. And then I had another entrepreneurial accident. And ultimately, I got into investing in real estate. I bought a lot of real estate. I did some of that on my own. Others I did with partnership. And then one day I found myself in about 2011 and I owned the Real Estate Investment Network. So today, on that side of what I do in business, I'm the CEO and principal of the Real Estate Investment Network. And we got lots of things going on there. And that was really the kind of the very Cole's notes of my journey. And along the way, I've met my wife many years ago, 25 years ago, and she's also self-employed. She's in the 
a high performance athlete industry. She's a mental performance coach that started out as a skating coach and worked for the Edmonton Oilers and St. Louis Blues. And so my background is a lot in sport, as is hers. And we were just always about business. You know, we can make it about real estate, but in my journey, Nikki, is that it wasn't really ever about real estate. It was always about supporting others. I, I love to be a contribution to success of others. So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's kind of where I come from. That's what drives me. I love it. I love it. You know, why I do what I do is I believe in, in freedom and free enterprise. I believe free enterprise is the most noble and moral system ever created to help lift humanity out of uh, the swamp and into modern civilization. Free enterprise, the, the voluntary exchange of goods and services is what allows all of us to bring our dreams to fruition. And it sounds to me like you've actually lived that journey and lived it quite powerfully, haven't you, Patrick? Well, yeah, I, I believe I have. And I go back to some fundamental, you know, I guess, development that I did for many years. You know, I've been on a lifelong journey of self-discovery, uh, being the best I can be and making sure that I'm understanding my values, living into my values. And, and sometimes I've done that very well. And sometimes I've not done that so well. But on to, you know, ultimately, in the pursuit of excellence, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, understanding what I needed to be fulfilled and how I could be a contribution is always foremost on my mind. Amen, brother. Amen. Because at the end of the day, that that is, you know, a big part of what you do inside Rain. For folks here who, who don't know uh, what Rain is, could you just give everybody a high-level overview of Rain, why Rain does what it does, how it helps people? I think that'd be very useful. Sure. You know, the Real Estate Investment Network has been around uh, 29 years, by the way, Nikki. So it's been around a long time. And uh, we are a business that supports people in creating financial futures, investing in real estate, you know, security, certainty, financial freedom, investing in real estate. We're a national organization and we provide uh, education, which is lots of strategies, lots of tactics and understanding. We provide the economic research because we're not speculators. We don't talk about speculation. We say, we want to invest in real estate, which means we want to look into the future. We do that by understanding the economic, economic fundamentals that drive real estate, not only real estate prices, but rents, et cetera. And uh, then we're a resource. So that could be trusted partners. That could be all the education material. Uh, as a national network, we are a network of like-minded individuals. So secret sauce for us, community, culture, environment. We create that for people to succeed in. We don't sell real estate, and that's what sets us apart. And I think that's the fundamental reason we've been around as many years as we have. That's brilliant, man. And that's that's what has allowed Rain to serve so many people. Could you talk to my listener about how many people have gone through Rain's programs over the years, and how many people you've heard about that have basically created financial independence for themselves as a result of being a part of the Rain community? Well, you know, it's a great question because we actually, several years ago, we started tracking all of those things. And the number that we're using right now is the most recent number that we've got is 161,000 people have been through our programs in one way, wow. shape, or form. Wow. And uh, we we haven't updated that number for some time. We I suspect it's more like about 175,000 people. And 
that's, you know, not only Canada, but primarily Canada. That's 95% Canada and the rest is kind of leaked out into as Canadians evolve and change and they move to other countries and they do their thing. They continue to invest in real estate. So that's the contribution there in terms of what we do track. And, and we measure, we have milestones for people to celebrate. So you buy three properties and you buy seven properties and sorry, eight properties and you buy 17 properties. We know that 17 properties, by the way, Nikki, uh, that that math is financial freedom. 17 properties, cash flowing properties, you're good in a buy and hold. And we teach all sorts of strategies. And so people to, to actually transact that we said, well, let's celebrate that. So we handed out awards. So when you get three properties, you let us know, you show us what you've done and we give an award and same at eight, same as 17. We then grew that because guess what people were doing? They're buying far more properties. <laughs> There's lots of individuals who bought 50 and then there was individuals that bought 100. Wow. All to say this is that our average uh, member of the community owns somewhere between four and eight properties. But that transaction that we've tracked for over 20 years, about 25 years, is $5.4 billion of transactions that wow. RAIN members have done within the community. And that's volunteered. That's certainly not everybody. I suspect it's triple that, but that would be anecdotal. This is actually us tracking what people are submitting. That's insanely great, man. <laughs> to borrow a quote from the late, great Steve Jobs, that is insanely great, brother. You have helped create a generation of wealthy Canadians as a result of this. You've helped, you've actually helped the cause of free enterprise and freedom by helping more and more people create freedom for themselves and their families. Kudos, man. Bravo. Well done, Patrick. I'm just going to clap for you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> really great, man. Really great. Well, it's, it's, it's really powerful. I, you know, and I have to say that within the context of our team, and I mean our whole team, our executive team is, is unbelievable. But when we look at the difference we get to make in people's lives of being a contribution in that way and, and beyond the financial side of it, Nikki, is that when you're working with individuals to grow, you know, their portfolio, there's a doing this part of it. You know, you have to do deals, you have to build a team, you have to go out and do the math. And there's a lot of things that go with it. So aside from the financial, I guess, gains that people will make in real estate and have made in real estate, it, it's the age old. It's not the goal. It's who you have to become to achieve the goal. Yes. And it's people really pushing themselves through the fear zone, out of their comfort zones and growing and you know, individuals who are introverts that have to be able to communicate and, and get out of their introverted shell long enough to have a conversation with people and bust through their limiting beliefs. Because all of those things, if you've never bought a piece of real estate before, as an example, yeah. yet financially, you've got a belief system and all of a sudden you're going to buy a $500,000 piece of property or a $10 million piece of property. Guess what? You got to bust through some belief systems and that takes growth. So there's, aside from the financial growth, there is that personal professional growth that goes with it that we're also inspired by because we see huge differences in people. Huge. It's uh, stories that almost bring me to tears even telling them. I love it, man. I love it because at the end of the day, a big part of being involved in in the industry of serving people. And I would argue uh, at the end of the day, Patrick, both you and I, we serve people. That's what we do. We're all about helping make a difference for our fellow man and our fellow woman. Uh, it, it's important to, to be moved to tears by 
seeing people struggle with their demons and achieving victory. Wouldn't you agree with that? It is. It's where, I don't know, I think that's, you know, you know, I've sold, you know, we're all salespeople, but if it's just selling stuff and transactional, 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 that goes away very, very quickly for me. You know, I know one of my highest values is relationship. Being a member of the RAIN community, for example, we have members that have been with us 25 years, 20 years, five years, three years, 10 years. We get to know those individuals and they become, you know, you can't call them close friends, but they become really, really close acquaintances, if you will, because we're part of their journey and we're hearing them from them and we're supporting them. And and so that's relational. And that's one of my highest values is relationship. So for me, it's it just falls really kind of empty if all I'm doing is a transaction. That's not how I'm built. I've never been built that way. And as much as I like to sell and and do all the things that sales guys get to do, and I love it, uh, marketing and the creativity around it, if it isn't being of service to somebody, if it isn't helping them, it just goes, yeah, no, I'm not interested. You know what, brother? That's exactly how I feel. I think that's one of the reasons you and I get along so well. Um, I, I, I love selling too. I, I love uh, getting creative and, and I love the deal. I mean, it's 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 just a fantastic thing to go hunt for the deal and make the deal happen. But it, it, if it is just about the transaction and there isn't uh, some real value for the person on the other end, I hate that myself. I, I'm not interested either. So God bless you for believing uh, in making a difference for your fellow man and woman. You know, I was talking to a client of mine and, and, I, and I really want to help this client see this because deep down, I think he's a good guy. But he was telling me the other day, I think he says, listen, all this thing about doing stuff for people. Nah, that that's not real. What's real at the end of the day is that you got to take care of yourself. You got to do for yourself. And, you know, if other people benefit, then that's okay. But it's about yourself. And I'm like, you're wrong, man. That, that's not even how you operate is what I tried to tell him, but he, he didn't want to hear it that day. And it's, it's not, it's not how human beings are wired. We're wired to need other people. We're wired to want to make a difference for other people. In fact, you know, until about a hundred years ago, if you weren't being useful to other people, you couldn't survive, right? Because that's how society was, was organized. So mm-hmm. p- people need to be relational. People need to care about their fellow man and woman. People need to be about making a difference for them. And I think business, especially free enterprise, is about voluntary exchange. So if the other person doesn't get a sense that you care about their success in, in that transaction, as it were, they probably wouldn't even want to do business with you. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's ultimately, you know, what I've come to understanding in my own life is that when I'm doing business, you know, it's one thing B2C, you know, so if I'm in my retail business, I have customers coming in, clients, what I refer to as clients. So there's a there's a fundamental shift. I'll just share that insight that I learned many years ago is if somebody's a customer, that's a transaction. Okay. In my businesses and in my retail business, because we're in the sporting goods industry, we watch kids grow up. We watch adults play hockey and figure skaters go to the Olympics and we do all sorts of that things. They become, to, in my space, clients. Now, why is that important? And I'm pointing this out because I think there's some value in people understanding a couple of things. A client is very, or a customer is very transactional. When we talk about clients, we talk about care. So, for example, if, if, you're, in, if you're a lawyer, what have you got? You've got a client. If you've got a, if you own a massage studio and you've got somebody coming in on a regular basis, they, they actually are a client. The word client really represents relationship and care. Customer is just transaction. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's many industries that that makes sense. So those individuals who want transaction and just be transactional, that's fine. Others want to have that client experience and the industry there or the business that they're in really is about treating that customer like a client. So it's a relational thing. Now, there are going to be individuals that you just don't align values with. So in other words, they could be, you may think you want them as a client, but then you start to understand their belief systems and how they operate and you just don't align. And you go, you know something, we don't share common values. Not that your values are wrong and mine are right. We just don't share common values. This isn't going to be a great relationship because we're always going to be bumping up against that misalignment of values. So a little bit long-winded, I get it, but the values conversation and how we do business, and when you're really clear in your business about what your values are, there is no room for people who don't share those values to really show up and hang around. I, I have to stress, it doesn't mean somebody else's values are wrong and mine are right. Just my values are my values. My business is my business. The ethos of my business is very clear for my management team and the whole entire staff. That's who we are. And so some people will resonate that, some don't. But that's where we get to operate and be really, really comfortable and just knowing that the people that we're that are attracting or we are attracting are aligned with our values. Make sense, Nikki? It makes 100% sense. I really appreciate you sharing it with me and helping bring some clarity to my own thinking around this because at, at the end of the day, one of the reasons I'm in business is I, I want to stand for a certain set of values. And if, if there are people who don't stand for those values, that's okay, but we don't need to work together because they're probably better off with working with somebody that stands for the same kinds of values they stand for. And I'm better off working with people who stand for the values that I stand for. That way, everybody wins. Well, there's a, there's a, you know, it goes back to even just that little example you gave of the individual you were talking about, which is, you know, he believes it's, you know, every man for himself, survival of the fittest, get what you can get, you know? And, and so he's going, he's, that's where he's at on his journey. Now, if he's not asking you to bust through that or to see, you know, he's, he, if he doesn't recognize that for him as a blind spot, then guess what? You're going to have to go, I, you know, this won't work for us. You're in a different place in your life and you're not asking for my help. So carry on, have a wonderful life. And I hope we catch up again one day. And, and sometimes guess what? It's like, you can have friends you've Nikki, I'm sure you have friends that you're good friends with. And on a friendship level, you share values and you guys hang out and do all the things that men do or couples do whatever, but you would never do business with them. Why is that? Well, because you don't share common business values, although they're great friends. So these are things that we start to understand and that I've learned and I've paid an immense price by not honoring my values, that gets into the integrity conversation. Wow, are we going a long ways here? So anyways, all to say, that's my example of living your values, living your truth, being true to who you are, being in integrity. You know, it's very important. I've had some situations in business where I've been in partnership with folks. It didn't work out because we didn't share certain values in common, and, and I paid a price for that as well. So I, I, I resemble that remark, Patrick, believe you me. Mm. 
Um, and I think that many of my listeners have had a similar experience along their journey. And the same is true in any aspect of life. If you're in a marriage and you get married to somebody and you discover partway through your marriage that you don't share certain values in common, that's not going to work well for that marriage. So it's important to do your homework up front, I think, before you get involved in business or in a relationship with somebody. Just make sure that there's a commonality of interest and a commonality of values. Both of those are important. Well, I think the the challenge that I've seen, you know, as a coach for so many years of my life, supporting others and being coached, is if you ask most, and I, I and I'm I'm pretty confident when I say most, what their highest values are, they won't really know. They will give you social morality. They'll give you social values, but they won't really understand what their own personal values are. And that's where things get a little confusing because they'll, you know, they may talk Christian values. They may talk social values. They may talk cultural values, but they don't really understand what their own personal values are. And that's where things get a little messy. And that's why partnerships and marriages often don't work out uh, as an example is because you just don't share common values. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is true. Sometimes people spout things that they think are their values that aren't really their values. And it's important for everyone, I think, going through their journey to understand over time what those values truly are. I used to spout religious values too, and now I've kind of discovered what my values are. I've won them <laughs> through the battles of life. And it's uh, it's been something I'm very grateful for to understand what my values truly are. Well, I think there's a couple of things around all of this, you know, uh, Nikki, is that you're wired to look at yourself and go on a journey of self-discovery. Some people just aren't. And for you, there's, and for me and for many, there's a, there's a, a satisfaction level. It's like, I know I'm capable of more or my life is not what I want it to be. What the hell's going on? And so as soon as you can get past the blame game, as soon as you can get past the blame game, as soon as you can look in the mirror and say, my life is a reflection of who I'm being, what I believe, what my values are. My life is a reflection of me. So until I really shift my view of the world, uh, shift who I'm being, my life won't change. It may temporarily change, but then we sneak back and the next thing you know, the relationships are coming back the way they were or the money issues or the career issues or the business issues. And so ultimately, when we take 100% ownership for our, what our life is like, good, bad, or indifferent, guess what? It changes the game, it changes how you look at your life and the work that you do. You know, I'd like to build on what you just said about ownership, because that's an issue that candidly I've struggled with throughout my life. I, I've... Uh, I've liked to think that I'm taking ownership, but looking back, I can see that for large chunks of my life, I was fooling myself. I wasn't really taking ownership. I think lately I've become a lot better at taking ownership, uh, but for myself, that's been a struggle. And, and I, I imagine that it's been the same for many of my listeners as well. Ownership really is a game changer, but ownership also can be one of the most difficult things, especially for people in the modern era. I would argue since 1960, ownership has been devalued in a big way. I wonder what some of your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, I guess we look at and we see often uh, 
a world of victimness. You know, everybody seems to be a victim to something. And 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 I I'm I'm hard pressed to comment on it because you know we don't necessarily understand all of the things in behind that. All I know is that for me and for the many people that I know and that I admire is that, and I'll use the term because the book I <laughs> that I, I want to mention in this, which was a game changer for me, which was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Welnick. Yes. And I don't remember who we co-authored co that with. Leif Babin. Yes, yes. And, and that was a game changer. So for me, in, in terms of the next level of clarity around ownership, because I've always, you know, I've always believed that my life, good, bad, or indifferent, is actually a reflection of who I'm being, the decisions I'm making, the decisions I'm not making. Uh, you know, those are, there's an ownership of that, but this just took it to the next level. So now I am literally not a victim to anything that's going on. And the first question I ask when something goes south or when I'm facing a challenge or when a relationship goes a little sour, I go, what's my responsibility in this? Where did I step over something? Where did I pretend not to know something? Where did I ignore my gut feeling? Where did I uh, pass on what I the flag that says, hold it, there's a misalignment here, there's a vibration here, I just ignored it. Well, it's not a bad vibration. And, and so those things come back to haunt. And so what I've realized right now is I'm saying no far more than I'm saying yes. I'm very, very guarded about the relationships that I get into. And because it's not about anybody else, it's just about me. And so that's kind of how I operate these days and, and try always. The minute I'm blaming, the minute I'm complaining, the minute I'm feeling a, as a victim, I stop. Because those for me are flags that I'm disowning my responsibility in whatever happened. Amen, man. Amen. So well said. So brilliant. And a great reminder for me and a great reminder for everyone listening to the show today. Really, really good stuff, Patrick. So we've we've delved into some really great topics so far. You know, we, we've delved into why we do what we do. We've delved into ownership. And I want to maybe ask you to share some of your thought leadership with my listener, because you, you got involved in real estate for a reason, and you you're, you decided to, you know, be an owner in Rain, and now the principal in Rain for a reason as well. And I think your reason is a very powerful and beautiful reason because you serve a lot of people and you help them scratch an itch that they have. Could you get into why you believe? you know, rain has done so much good and, and who it can help and why it can help them. Well, I mean, when we look at what's going on in the world, even today and over the years, you know, there's economic, you know, things that economically are happening and always. And when we look at real estate, there is, you know, they're not making any more land. So, you know, it's like nope. the real estate, <laughs> they're not producing more, all of those kind of old cliche things. But there's a reason that real estate is so powerful. And that because it's because it is a hard asset. It is because you can leverage your capital. It is because that when you look at real estate regionally, not in a big picture, but when you look at real estate regionally, when you consider the cycles of real estate, when you consider the economic fundamentals of real estate, buying, holding, investing in a hard asset is a proven way to build wealth. Hmm. We don't 
talk about get rich quick. We don't talk about making millions of dollars overnight. Slow and steady wins the race. Applying the right strategy, the right tactic, and the right economic conditions in the right region, that's where you get to win in investing in real estate. There's lots of ways to invest in real estate. It's not all buy and hold. You know, it's not all fix and flip. It's not all rent to own. It's not all agreements for sale. There's lots of tactics and there's lots of strategies for people to invest in real estate, to own that hard asset, to create that future financial certainty by owning a hard asset. So RAIN supports people in understanding what makes real estate tick. And that's really what we do. We provide the research and the education to make decisions investing in real estate. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, everything you just said right now resonates for me. I've only owned my house. I, I own a nice piece of property in Toronto that I live in. I chose well, <laughs> it's appreciated significantly. I've got a condo townhouse in Toronto right now, and I, I, I can't even, I can't even believe how much it's worth myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm 53 years old right now. This is the age uh, at which my late father moved uh, back to Iran to um, grow business there and support the family better. And I'm thinking to myself, it's an age at which I'm thinking I ought to look at how to grow long-term wealth for the family. And what you're saying is really resonating for me. So I really appreciate that. And I, I've never been a RAIN member. You know that? I think maybe it's not a bad idea for me to be a RAIN member for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to consider it, buddy. You know, here's the thing about it, you know, is that you hear lots of stories. I mean, we've, you know, our, one of our longest term members and and we don't take credit for any of it. He's just been, you know, he's been part of the community for a long time, owns 20,000 doors. You know, he's the largest landlord in Phoenix or second largest in Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, so there's that extreme, but we have thousands of members and thousands of individuals are part of the community over the years that own one, three, five, seven doors. And just imagine, you know, right now and 10 years from now, if you owned three more properties, one more property, just what does that mean to your family financially when you buy that piece of real estate, you manage it impeccably, you just let that wealth grow and it's going to grow 100% by just mortgage buy down alone. So forget about appreciation. Let's just pretend it doesn't appreciate. What have you got? Probably easily get it paid off in 20 years, likely 15, for sure 25. And what have you got? You got a half million dollar asset, a $750,000 asset that somebody else paid for. It's a beautiful thing. That you get to is. now refinance, you get to now sell, you get to do whatever you want with it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's important to, to look at this. Uh, and set my sons up, frankly, to win <laughs> in life because mm. one of the things I want to do is start getting them interested in learning about wealth building and not getting a damn job. That's for darn sure. <laughs> you know, it's well, everybody uh, wants it to be easier. Here's the problem everybody wants it to be easier, they want it to be faster, they want it to be quicker. And in 10 years from now, they wake up and they go, oh, shit, I'm still no further ahead. 
Why didn't I buy real estate 10 years ago and go do all the stuff that I wanted to do? In other words, you know, I'll give, I'll share a really cool little story and I've got so many of them, but this one always kind of landed with me. I was at a particular one of our member meetings that we met monthly on and a young lady came up to me and she said, Patrick, can you give me some guidance here? Um, I own one property and I'd like to buy another and I'm a little bit confused. Should I go forward and how should I do it? And, you know, so she owns a property. So she's young. I said, how old are you? And she says, 26 years old. I go, you own a rental property? She goes, yes. I live upstairs, but I'm now ready. And, and so somebody's paying rent. I can rent it up upstairs. I'll cash flow. And then I'm going to go do that again. I go, well, what a great strategy. She, I said, what are you confused about? She goes, well, I just don't know. Is it the right strategy? I go, what do you do for a living? She goes, well, I'm a nurse. And I just got my science degree. And, and, I, and I said, do you love nursing? And she goes, I love nursing. I go, here's what you do. You go buy your second property and you go build your nursing career. And you do nothing but manage those two properties. And if you buy a third, great. And manage them impeccably and go just be in your career. And I said, do you think you could buy that next property this year? And there's about seven months in the year. And she goes, oh, yeah, one more property this year? No, I can do that. I go, great, go do that. And so she came back to me about almost a year later. And she goes, Patrick, I just want to update you. She says, I actually bought two properties that year. Now I own three properties and I live upstairs in one. I rent out all the rest of the stuff and uh, I'm loving living my career. I got great property management. Now, why does this all matter? Now, here's a young lady at 26, 27 years old. Think at 50 years old, at your age, 55 years old. 53, but anyways. Okay, so 50 years old, 53 years old. Guess what? She now owns, if she does nothing else, She's built a brilliant career. She owns three properties paid for, probably worth a couple million bucks by then. At least, yeah. At least. Now, was it easy? Was, it, was there wrinkles? Of course. But what do you pay? What is it worth to you? And I have this people go, oh, yeah, but it's so hard or it's so going to go. Right now, you're working, let's say, 40, 50 hours a week. Let's say you're making 150 grand a year, 100 grand a year, 200 grand a year, whatever it is. You're working your ass off 40 hours a week. Commit one month to doing nothing but real estate, finding the right piece of real estate, getting it rented out, getting it handled, and then put in a few hours a month to make sure it's managed impeccably. And in a few years, you got a million bucks that somebody else put in your bank account. That's brilliant, man. Honestly, it's brilliant. So that's the power of real estate. And then there's all the individuals. Yeah, well, what about capital gains tax? I'll tell you what about capital gains tax. If I got to pay tax, it means I made money. Now, am I going to pay as little tax as possible? Yes. Would I love to pay capital gains tax at a lesser rate? Yeah, that's why I have an accountant. But why would I ever complain about pay paying tax? It means that I made profit. Yeah. <laughs> Get exactly. over yourself. Yeah, no, brilliantly said. Yeah, I, you know what, uh, Patrick, there's a couple things that I'm looking at doing newly this year, and I think uh, we'll have an offline chat, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump into rain <laughs> sooner rather than later. <laughs> just, just, at least, just at least get myself educated on this, because I'm not educated on it, and I like to educate myself before I make any moves. And I've, I've got a client who's you know, uh, very good at uh, 
uh, creating wealth through real estate for himself. He's done that and for a bunch of other people. And, you know, he's one of my clients as well. And he's been bugging me for a long time. He says, man, you should come do this, blah, blah, blah. And he showed me what he'd done. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's important to, it's important to understand that every person who's become wealthy has either gotten, become wealthy through real estate, or once they become wealthy, they've used real estate to build on that wealth and create uh, more wealth for themselves. So it's a beautiful thing. There's a, there's a, how I got into even thinking about real estate, you know, back, you know, in 2000, when I really kind of had the realization because I was in business, I like business, you know, real estate's just a thing. Real estate's just a way for me to vehicle. create a financial future, right? I, my, I don't love real estate. I love the results of real estate. I don't even love doing the deals. What I love is business. Real estate is a, a way for me to powerfully leverage my capital and get a return on my investment. And that's what really drives me. But here's the lesson I learned prior to 2000 is that I loved business. I wanted to grow my business. I had all the dreams of an entrepreneur and all the things that would come with that. And I had friends who were very, very successful. I mean, multi, multi-million. One guy that I knew very well and was a good uh, kind of mentor for me. His business did a million dollars a day. You know, so wow. that's just the scope of some of the people I knew. But here was the thing about it. Every entrepreneur I knew, regardless of how much money they made in their business, invested in real estate. That was my world. Okay. That's what my observation was. So I said, what the hell? Why wouldn't I do that? So I started looking into real estate and that's how I got involved, realizing that it's like, I don't only invest in real estate. Do I have some stocks? Yes, I've made lots of money in the stock, mar stock market over the year. And yes, gold and silver. And yes, a little bit of Bitcoin and, and, and lots of real estate. But the point of all of it is, is that you have to stretch outside of what you're currently doing. And real estate for me was one of those things. It's a hard asset. It's there. I understand it. And from a rain point of view, by the way, is that... I don't profit a dime if you buy a real estate or sell a piece of real estate. We're an education and research company. I don't have, we don't believe that our research could be unbiased if we sold real estate. No, because can't. if we're selling real estate, guess where the best market to invest in real estate is? Hmm. Wherever I'm selling the deal. That's it. That's right. I can't be biased or unbiased. So this way, we don't sell real estate, never will. And so all I want to do is help you win. So I'm going to give you all the information you need to make a decision as to where you're going to buy, what strategy you're going to implement, why you're going to buy it, what's your exit strategy, and surround you with everything you need to do or need to know and have to, in order to do that. Yeah, I love it, man. I think that's great. Honestly, yeah, I'm definitely going to jump into rain for a period of time. I think it's it's a, it's a good idea to to do that, and and I'll I'll talk to my client as well, and we'll move we'll move on a bunch of different fronts on this. So for me, that's that. So, Patrick, what's the website? How do people get involved? Uh, you know, easily go to Rain Canada, R E I N Canada dot com. And like you, I have a podcast of the everydaymillionaire.ca. It's also lots of great guests on there. That And we talk about a lot of things, not just real estate, although it's often got a real estate flavor. Um, that podcast is another great opportunity to learn some things about what's going on. And so those are the kind of the two places that I hang out the most. I love it. I love it. So listener, make sure that you take advantage of that and do that. So Patrick, this for myself, I'm going to do this. And while we were talking, you know, there's a couple of 
things that I really want to take out into the into the world to the next level. Um, one of them is this whole community of of entrepreneurs, of free enterprise driven entrepreneurs, and I want to build that as a community. I love what you've done with Rain. I'm, I want to pick your brain on some things I can do to be able to attract more people to that, because 175,000 people, man, that's a big number. That's way bigger than where we're at, and 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 it's important for me to. To, to learn from the people in my network. You know, Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say, you're going to be the same person five years from now as you are today, except for two things, the books you read and the people you hang around. And I'm fortunate that I get to hang around with a lot of great people like you through this podcast and other means, and I read a lot of great books. So, mm. um, you know, there's something I, I also want to do for men uh, that you and I have briefly talked about, but I think that needs to go bigger because there's a lot of men who need help these days, especially these days with all the craziness of pandemics and lockdowns and this and that and the other. There's a lot of guys who are suffering from, from poor mental health. Uh, so it's important that we be of service to them and I be of service to them. So I'm going to pick your brain on that as well. But we'd like to end off each and every single one of our episodes, Patrick, by asking you as our guest expert to give us your top three, what I call expert action steps. And I borrow this phrase from my good friend, Raymond Aaron. They're your best pieces of advice for my listener to take on, to take their business and their life to the next level. So what do you say? Well, I mean, that's a big question, of course, but, you know, I think there's a, there's a fundamental for me, you know, and, and I don't know who said it, but it's, you know, number one, know thyself. Number two, be true to thyself. The world of self-discovery is not a world for everybody. You talk about men that struggle and both you and I can get really kind of inspired and fired up and we want to help other men discover their truest self. You know, how do you live your truth as a man? But not everybody's open to that conversation. And what I learned a lot is that I can't want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. And that's a big, big lesson, which is sometimes really difficult to get because we see somebody's blind spot. We see where their struggles live and we want to help them. But unless they want to be helped, unless they're feeling that gap, unless they're sensing that dissatisfaction in their life, there's nothing you can do. So in terms of advice, if you've got that 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 satisfaction level isn't there. If you're feeling that there's more you can give and there's more that you can be, then you must go on the journey of discovery, which is surrounding yourself by like-minded men, reading great books, and examining who you are and understanding it's not just the way you are. It's the way you're choosing to be. And it's always a choice. You are choosing to be the way you're being. Change your choices. Change your life. Awesome. Those are three amazing expert action steps. You know, know thyself is so important. And for so many of us, it's one that takes a lot of time. But the more time I spend on knowing myself, the more time I get to have these types of great conversations like the ones I'm having with you here right now, and frankly, like the ones that my listener gets to listen in on, the more I get to know myself because I I think that having a brilliant conversation with a good friend who's sharing their best with you is one of the best ways for me to uh, to know myself better and to peel back another layer of the onion. So thank you for that, Patrick, and thank you on behalf of my listeners as well. So, listener, 
Patrick Francie is the real deal. And we strongly encourage you to go check out Rain Canada's website to go look into his programs, to check out his podcast, The Everyday Millionaire. It's a fantastic podcast. I've been a guest. I'm going to be a guest on it again. I think it's great. And really, truly, take the time to go figure out if at this stage in your life, you're ready to look at real estate as a vehicle for wealth creation for yourself. So I think that's important for you to do. Second thing that is important for you to do is there is a payment for listening to this podcast. And it's not money because I don't charge for this podcast. I don't have any sponsors for this podcast, you know, except me, (laughs) my company. And we don't spend 10 minutes of the show talking about these other companies and what they have to offer. We give you our very best. We bring you the very best thought leaders in the world, people like Patrick Francie. And all we ask that you do is payment is if you got value for this, share it with three people. Tell them the value that you got out of this and go on to iTunes or or, or Stitcher and leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. If you hated it, leave us a one-star review. But if you loved it, and I know you're going to love it and you have loved it, give us a five-star review rating and give us write us a nice review because that that's what's going to allow us to grow our mission to serve the cause of free enterprise and freedom and to help other people just like you so please go ahead and make the payment for the podcast by doing that and then if in listening to us here today you're asking yourself man patrick's amazing how, how do i become the best version of myself the way patrick's become the best version of himself and That's a great question, and I answer it as I answer it on every single episode. We've got a ton of free resources for you. Number one, go to eCircleAcademy.com forward slash TLJ book. There you can get a copy of my latest book, The Thought Leader's Journey, which is a beautiful fable of life told in the same fashion as The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari or Ogmandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World. It's beautifully written, and it'll give you a blueprint for how you can step-by-step go from where you are right now to becoming the best version of yourself inside a business as a thought leader. And it's just perfectly outlined. If this is all you do, you've got the blueprint, you're ready to roll. But if you need more help than this, there's a couple more resources. One is there is a 28-page white paper on how to grow your expert business to a seven-figure business. And then there is a free masterclass on how to grow your expert business to a seven-figure business that's an hour long. Again, these are all free. You just go onto the website, you give us your email address, and you get that information. Okay. And then finally, the last resource is... If once you've done that, you want to have a conversation about how you can apply some of the principles you've learned into your business and you're ready to do it, like you're serious to do it, then I offer a free, what I call a success call. And all you got to do is go to the button in the top right-hand corner and fill out an application. And the reason I ask you to fill out an application is I want to make sure you're serious about taking steps. And the application will show me that. And once you've filled that out, you pick a time. We get on the phone, we have a call. It'll be either myself or a member of my team. And, you know, right now you got a chance to do it with me. And if you got a chance to do it with me, I'm telling you, take advantage of this. It's absolutely free. There's no obligation. So what are you waiting for? Okay. Go ahead and take advantage of this. Hey, Patrick, my man, thank you, honestly, for a wonderful conversation. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show today. Thanks. Thank you. It was great being here and having the conversation with you. 
Thanks, brother. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Patrick Francie, go to raincanada.com. Make sure you take advantage of all the resources they offer there. Check out their programs. Listen to his podcast, The Everyday Millionaire. It's a brilliant podcast. He's a brilliant man. You can tell this man's brilliant. Do yourself a favor and do all these things. And then go to ecircleacademy.com and take advantage of all the resources that I've outlined for you there. And if you got value, pay the price, share this with three people, give us a rating, write us a review. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.